In this episode, Tom and Alex discuss anxiety, medication and its side effects, and suicide. This may cause strong feelings in some, especially those already vulnerable. Discretion is advised. Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of Mind of Sigma with Mike. Self, Tom Perry. Yeah, and myself, uh, Alex Emery. Um, just before we start, both myself and Tom, just want to say a massive thank you to those that have watched the pilot episode, liked it, shared it, uh, subscribed to it. If you haven't liked and subscribed it uh, to that initial one, then go and do it. Obviously, once you're watching this one, make sure at the end of this you like and subscribe it. That'd be great. Um, for all the platforms, uh, Facebook as well, we've put a live up. So just go and have a little look at that. It's quite interesting to take different. And we're going to just look to expand upon that as we go as well. Uh, know me and Tom uh, and Dave as well. Uh, we've sort of all spoken about this um, and all the different platforms we want to reach out to. So yeah, just uh, like, subscribe, comment, uh, and just sort of let us know you're getting on. But yeah, Tom, how you been, mate? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, been good to have a couple of weeks off in a way on holiday. Yeah, it's been quite good. It's been quite good to have a bit of uh, family time and yeah. uh, kind of like shut myself off from the real world for a while. Yeah, cool. How about yourself? Been a long couple of weeks. To be honest, I haven't really taken much time off for myself, uh, which my missus will obviously agree with. I haven't really done a lot. To be fair, it's been quite busy in work. A lot of individual cases that have been quite heavy recently i've had my own bits and bobs as well which has ta- i've been trying to tackle which has been quite intense as well so i mean me and tom have already spoken about this but we was going to touch on a little bit around anxiety so our own and then obviously hopefully some other bits as well so i know it's something that some of the guys in tom's group chat about regularly as well is about anxiety and then you know and about anxiety disorders and stuff like that so hopefully we can touch on that but yeah week's been busy mate to be honest, this week's been mad busy. Touching on anxiety then, is that something that initially you started off with or is that something you felt like you've picked up along the way or is it something that's got worse, do you think? Anxi- I mean, anxiety with me has been brought my whole life. I've always been anxious. Even as a kid, anxious kid, you know. I, I would be the kind that would, you know, make excuses not to go out, make excuses not to go to parties, socialise with people because I just I just didn't want to be out after time. You know, anxiety has always got a better of me. Pressure came later on you know came later on with that but um the anxiety yeah I mean, ever since i can remember always been anxious yeah. you know even now i still get anxious and uh don't, i'm not as bad as i used to be i can control it a lot better now and i kind of put myself in in anxious situations where i used to would never put myself in yeah, yeah overall you know i was always very nervy kid so what situations now do you put yourself in that you go that's challenging but i think i can cope with that like what is it if you think of a specific thing that you do right now that is challenging mentally uh not physically but mentally that gives you that anxiety but you challenge yourself with what is what is probably one of the main things right now that you that you think you're doing like task wise day to day that builds that anxiety right up but you can still manage that is there something in particular that you kind of i find that you know every day is a bit of a challenge i mean even coming out like coming out doing the podcast mm. you know that's i, I work myself up well you know we sitting there before i'm thinking oh crap oh crap you know we're going on live in a minute you know say yeah. live we're going to film in a minute and yeah uh, they still really get to the, the best for me sometimes but i always of the outcome after we've done it and you know the response like episode one you know the response we got is amazing you know couldn't have got better we've got a lot of good feedback from it a lot of feedback we're going to take away from it yeah and, and a lot of feedback we've got to add to this content as well you know yeah so it's, it's kind of like just working through it and just kind of getting myself to where i want to be with it you know it's hit and miss isn't it i think as well with anxiety because to, to describe it to someone and to chat to someone around it it's really difficult because especially those that don't suffer with it and this is why obviously the podcast is so vital because it's not just for people people that are suffering but it's people that want to get better at being able to identify others and bits and 
box like that. So for me, this that's one of the key things. You know, actually, sometimes I think that's going to be a really anxious situation. And then it doesn't turn out to be anything like that. You know, it's nerves. It's The anxiety is not as high as I thought it might be, which, it you know, it actually challenges my own mental ability as well. And then says to myself, actually, maybe I'm better than I thought it was, which is quite tough as well, because then you kind of start doubting almost how ill you are as well, I think, which is really sad because, you know, you have, well, like we all know, we have good and bad days. So, you know, if I've done well at that, I should be really applauding myself. But sometimes I'm like giving myself a bit of a challenge. Maybe I'm actually challenging my own stigma a little bit and going... Maybe I'm not as bad as I thought. But actually, you know, like we both know, it swings around about us, isn't it? Yeah. But I mean, the thing with anxiety, there's so many different levels of it. I mean, everybody has anxiety at some point. Mm. If, you know, if, if it's just butterflies in your stomach, you mm-hmm. know, anything right up until having a meltdown, panic attack and something like that. So, I mean, so many different degrees of it. I mean, people who can manage life and go anxious-free, as I say, yeah. they're lucky ones, in a way, because they, they're more focused. Me, like I say, daily struggle. Yeah. Always anxious at some point, you know. I mean, I might not be as bad as I used to be. Yeah. You know, I can control it a lot, but I can feel it when it's coming on. I know when it's telltale signs, and I know how to normally control it. Sometimes I lose the battle, and then I could be really bad. Overall, I'll say pretty good. You know, pretty good to control it. I know like my telltale signs for it and that's a, a you know a key point again isn't it, it, it about those signs you know almost the, the signposting for other people in relation to how you might look and present for me it's it's that like we was talking about in that in that uh, initial episode you know in the pilot is that for me I know when my anxiety is building you know it's already there like you said it's underlying the butterflies the nervousness you know a bit of adrenaline I can feel that it's sort of mixed in that little bag there but I know it's getting worse when my body temperature goes up I'm sweating a lot more or I start feeling like I'm judging myself, but internally it's it's a real weird feeling. It's kind of like, like when you get injected with morphine, you can feel it running through your body. You know, it kind of really slowly overcomes parts of you to a point where it can quite literally disable you, you know, like just, just make you feel quite static and not be able to act in a certain way. What's your signs and symptoms that normally sort of you pick up on yourself or that normally your missus might pick up on as well? With like myself, I think I, I know because I start getting really shaky mm. and uh, trembling and voice is another one. That's where my that's how my wife can tell. Or you know, or I repeat myself a lot. Keep going over things. I'm like, oh, we're doing this, we're doing this. Try, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. build that anxiety and um, feeling coming up like increased heart rate. That's I feel my heart sometimes beating in my throat because I see you, you know. Yeah, it's a horrible feeling, and it, I feel like it's it's like something that you continually try to battle, and you think you've got a grip on it. Like I said, that that's why it's really it, it sort of challenges your like your mental you mentally so much more than anything else because I think when you believe it's under control is when you're most likely to get then it just completely wipes you out because you think you're on top of it. But actually, I feel like you've just managed to negate sort of life a little bit better that day. And it hasn't overcome yet, but it can be silly things. And I think recently, especially this week uh, alone, I've been off a couple of days uh, on and off. I've had a couple of days off and I came back into work for like a day. And the anxiety of just looking at my diary, let alone anything else, blew, just blew me away. And I remember I just went to the kettle, put had a little brew. But that, it just took me a minute, like took me a real hot minute just to sit there and go, what, what's, what am I worried about? 
Like literally, I opened up my diary and there was nothing in there. You know, don't wrong, busy but not that busy. Yeah. And um, I just sat there and was like, "What is going on?" And then my head was take, took me to another place. And I, I think you know, so many people can probably relate to it. Like you said, most people do get anxious about everything and anything. But I think it's about, especially with really severe anxieties, it's those coping strategies that really help people. You know, um, I don't know if you've ever been through like CBT or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, CBT, yeah, do you yeah. use any of those techniques, or if if you have, what techniques did you use? Well, CBT, I mean, it was really good for me. I mean, it was good, you know, I can't deny that. I found my own way. Mm. The ways they t- they kind of taught me didn't it's not that they didn't work it just they just have a short term for me like after a while they just stopped having an effect on me so I'll do my own things I mean I can kind of like switch myself off in my mind I'll just sit there quietly for a bit yeah you know have a bit of like me time and that and just uh, try to be quiet for a while you know and yeah. that's how I kind of reflect or I will scroll through my phone just kind of like trying to zone out the world for a little bit I mean it, you know I tried the meditation side of it I mean mm. when somebody mentioned that to me I thought well no I don't think that's a bit of me you know but it's not it, the case of sitting there with this and doing yeah, this, yeah. It, you know, you could just do it whilst you're in a room full of people, and it is really, and it does work. You know, it does work. And I mean, I don't do it as much as I used. I mean, I used to do it a lot. Mm. You know, but I don't do it as much. But I can do. If I get really bad, I will go back to that. Is that so? That now, so that do you feel like that shows you a level of control now that you you only utilize it when you have to, rather than making it a day to day tasking of yourself to to make sure that you you know like like taking a tablet. You know, I've got to do this. I do it this time, this day. Mm. So now you've cut that right back, and it's just a strategy for when it does really kick up. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah. is fantastic. You know, I, I think that's that's a measuring point for you. I think many people the other end of this camera is exactly the same thing. It's, you have to look, you have to be able to look back in a positive and a negative way, and then so that you can challenge yourself. You know what I mean? Now you you must sometimes sit there. I've done it where you you continually judge yourself for your past experiences, how you coped mentally and physically. So, you know, whether it be actually you had a meltdown, breakdown, why did it, why? Like, you know, and you really dig yourself out. Why did I get so bad that I took myself to that place? And we judge ourselves on our failures rather than, uh, you know, our positives, the strengths, you know, our wins. And I think, you know, although it's good to look back at our failures so that we got growing points, people don't look back at the positives so much. Like, if you've had a good day, now how many times you sit there and go, actually, to that, but nothing, I've, had, I've literally... I haven't even felt nothing. I haven't even felt the wind passing my through my hair. Well, that's probably because I haven't got much. But <laughs> yeah, no, but <laughs> yeah, but but you know what I mean. You don't. You sit there and you go. Actually, I haven't actually thought about the good days. I haven't thought actually today. I haven't even struggled. You know what I mean. I haven't struggled in the way that I used to. And actually, that's that's massive. I think you're right, really, because a lot of people only focus on the negatives apart mm. from the positive side of it. Yeah, I've come a long way. Like I say, I've come a bloody long way. I mean, I can remember I used to couldn't even leave the house at one point. Well, I was just so bad with my anxiety in it. Yeah. And now I could do daily things. I could do things that I wouldn't be able to done many moons ago. And I mean, like I say, sometimes I could be triggered off. Normally in high stress or something, it can really trigger me off. Mm. But again, I could normally control it a bit better now. What's your kind of, what would you, how do you cope? You know, if you've got your, at your yeah. when you're at your worst, what's, what do you do to cope? You know what, I can be very honest and especially I think it's the best thing to do on this platform is just say that you know I neglected doing anything about it for a long time you know medication like reaching out to my doctor and being medicated was the first thing that I've done because I, my first job before well before any of this so I used to work in the prisons um, which started to build up my anxiety you know I loved loved working in the prisons I loved some of the lads that I worked with um, and some of the prisoners that I obviously um, worked with as well some of them were fantastic some of the stories 
But obviously, a lot of the situations that we as officers got put in built up that anxiety, you know, the stress, um, the adrenaline, the come down, um, the constant not knowing, the fear. Uh, that really picked up. Then I started to become medicated, um, which actually helped. That was my first strategy to cope. You know, very naive to it all. Like I said before, didn't really believe in it, didn't really want to believe in it. Um, it wasn't until I left that and moved into a completely different role within Kent Police um, as a trainer. I was stood in front of 40, 50 officers, teaching them about taser, use of force, bits and bobs like that, talking about mental health, that I then was really start to judge myself and go, I haven't sorted out any issues here at all. And one day I just couldn't get out of bed. Couldn't get out of bed, couldn't leave the house. You know, I was with my ex-partner. Uh, she was quite concerned. I was quite withdrawn. I was just anxious about doing anything. Going Tesco's, being around other people, family members. If there was too many people in the room, just anything. It just got, everything got to me. Noises, everything just became like toddler steps again, you know, starting from the beginning. And uh, the strategies that I put in face at the beginning was just to rebuild myself as an individual you know bring it right back down again you know slow down my life uh, the pace of life that I was having uh, you know I became a little bit withdrawn with that which actually probably didn't help but I focused in on something at the time it was um, actually renovating the property that I was in which really helped mentally um, but didn't help because I didn't get out of the house but it gave me a tasking for the day. Um, my anxiety would then flare back up again if I had to go out, you know, whether it's go and get some bits and bobs for the house, uh, tools, kit. I mean, going into Wix being that the fact that it's predominantly, I just generally was but weirded out by the fact that other people would be looking at me, judging me, because I looked dishevelled. I looked different. I did. I really did change, you know. I stopped looking after myself. My appearance did really change. And um, that's something that a lot of people noticed in me well before I sort of reached out. Um, but now, I mean, I'm quite honest to say, I haven't really done much more about it. I've let the sort of sand settle and uh, and the dust settle. And now it's sort of kicked up again. And I've reached out recently to um, Op Courage. So uh, it's a scheme that's come out through, um, you know, through, through Parliament, through the NHS, it's for ex-veterans, um, it's all to do with mental health support, you know, being that something that we're going to touch on with um, something a little bit later on, actually. You know, for me, that was quite a big step. It was recent um i've got my appointment on monday so i will let you guys know how that went i'll be quite open and honest with that um i think that's probably quite a good thing to do because for us you know for you pushing down the pathways that we do currently um and you know signposting i want to make sure that people understand that you don't always get it right first time you know i haven't got it right i've left it too long but do you, yeah. do you feel i mean you're saying about you doing the training thing with the mm. kent police and obviously you're standing in front of them bloke obviously being talking about that side of it and but do you feel like you was an imposter in the fact that you was talking about these guys about helping these guys out but yet you weren't helping yourself out yeah because I, I i could really resonate with that i mean you know obviously we are touching on anxiety today but i'm going to go into the to the um kind of depression side of it a, yeah. a little bit and uh well i've been i've been doing men's mind for now for the last couple of years i've been doing talks go around to companies schools colleges and stuff like that and uh obviously run a sport group sporting guys you know every day i'll you know i speak to someone about something you know get referred over to people you know always in contact with someone, always supporting someone and helping them get the help. Yeah. But a few months ago, you know, I got to a really bad point again, you know, really bad point in my life. And I was helping all these guys out. I was going out to these talks with everyone, talking to people about speaking up when they're struggling, reaching out, don't suffer in silence, you know, and I had a really bad turn and it was a really, really bad turn. And it's probably, I would say one of my worst ones, you know, I mean, I literally a few months ago had some bad news coming, yeah. you know, something that I thought would affect the, uh, Men's mind in total, you know, it hasn't, it hasn't, but at the time I thought it would have done. And it set me down a massive spiral. And I, I can remember my wife was at work and she used to work for the RBLI. You know, she was at work and 
I've got this sort of bad news and I was chewing on it for the last couple of hours before she came home. She came indoors, she walked in, she put her stuff down. She looked at me and said, you alright? And I was like, yeah, 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 I'm fine, I'm fine. I was looking out the window, just staring out the window in like into space. And then the next minute I knew it, I was screaming my head off, fell to the floor, punched the ground. My wife literally just went over the top of me like this. Yeah. And I kind of kind of grabbed me. And I was like, like you know, like basically cradling me. And yeah. I was just broke down. I, you know, I was crying, I couldn't control myself. And she was like, what's going on, what's going on? And I said, I just can't do it, I can't do it. And then five minutes passed and I kind of calmed down a little bit. And she said, do you want a cup of tea? And I said, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And uh, so she got up and moved up to us. I said, just got to go for the toilet. Just yeah. go for a wee. And my Lou is right by the front door. And I knew what I was going to do. I had it in my mind. And I literally walked to that door, ran outside, got in my car and drove off. As I drove off, my wife comes to the door and she was screaming, trying to get me to stop. And I drove off. And I was gone for yeah. two two hours, must be something like that. And I just went off, I drove. What was going through your head? I what, drove. Was going, what was going through your head at that point, man? I just didn't want to be anymore. I just literally thought, I can't, go, I can't go on. I can't do this anymore. I can't be around them. I can't help anyone. Yeah. Everything I'm trying to do is going back on me. I thought everything would have been better off without me. And I literally drove for eight, what felt like forever. I ended up near a bridge, right near my house. Not far from my house, to be fair. Yeah. But I I had missed calls after missed calls from Kent Police. And my wife was trying to get hold of me. My phone was on the other seat, at a, you know, at the back seat. I just didn't want to, you know, want thing that... And I was going to go and find that bridge. Around it. I was in a car park just around the corner from it. You know, in my mind, I was going to go, I was going to go and find it. And literally, I kind of, I say plucked out the courage. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. <laughs> I kind of got to that point where I was like, right, this is it. Time is to do it now, you know. I've been sitting in the car for a long time. But, you know, I didn't know what to do. I kind of froze. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought, no, my wife, my kids, they're going to be better off without me. And I thought everyone's actually, you know what, everyone's gonna be better off about. I mean, I you know, I'm not helping anyone really. Yeah, I thought I've failed everyone. Mm. So I literally went to get out of the car, talk to towards that bridge. As I got out of the car, Kent police turned up and they surrounded the car and they got out four or five officers. It was, I was just said to him, first thing I said to him, I was, Are you gonna arrest me? He went, No, we're here for your safety. Mm. And I went, Good, can you let me go? And I said, No, we're here for your safety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and basically, you know, they they just stood there with me and they were there with me for a long time. And I was saying, look, just let me go. I want to go. Mm. And, they, and they was just like, just talk to us, just talk to us. It was really hard because I was in tears. I just didn't want to be, I really didn't want to be. I think about half an hour later, my wife turned up because, you know, let my wife know where I was and she turned up. And she was sobbing, you know, and she was saying, like, what's, you know, why do you want to do it? And I just asked her, I just said to her, please, can you let me go? Yeah. You know, and the thought in my, in my head was just to just to end it, kind of like be gone, everyone will be better off. Yeah. And, you know, it was a really, really hard time. And the, I managed to get the police to kind of, well, that's how I managed. The police managed to kind of talk me around to going back home. Yeah. They came back with me and then they got the crisis team to come out. And then I was under the crisis team for a long time and I was off work for, I, I can't remember, it was a long time mm. off work. I was on, I got put on antidepressants. So I was, I was on on watch, you know, I yeah. my wife couldn't leave me on doors of my own. You know, they, t- they told me to remove all sharp objects from the house, you know, from my site and, yeah. you know, all this. And Was it that, after that event, initial event, you know, was that still an option? Was that still an op- continued option, if that makes sense? was it, Is it something you still, you know, yes, that, for want of a better word, failed attempt. Was there more attempts in your head or was it, that was a moment, I feel down now, I'm depressed, 
but that that ain't an option at this moment or was it a continued option because the thing is i would never do anything in front of my kids no. so i would never do anything where my kids would find me or my wife you know it always mm. in my mind if i wanted to do something i'll go away and i'll find and i would have done it elsewhere but i yeah. would never do it in the house i'll never make what i never let my kids find me yeah you know because i don't want that to be their last image of me obviously yeah, of course yeah. but if, if i did do anything and you know touch wood you know mm. I, i'm in a bit really good well a really good place now yeah and it, but it took me a long time to build myself back up from that i mean i stopped doing things for men's mind we kind of shut down for a little bit you know and um yeah i mean that no that's that's it's a heavy it's a heavy sort of burden to to sort of like have to offload that so i mean that's this was probably one of the best things about this podcast is that that's a really deep story it's your story and it's still ongoing and it? it's not you know and i think i'm just what i'm going through then it's like i've just picked i was picturing your wife looking at you and just looking at you as like the person that she loves and this is why when i at the group and i always say this and it's a bit of a bold statement to say that i've never i i, I haven't got the bottle to do anything like i haven't got the, i just haven't got that and i think that's a really it's a bad phrasing but it's how i feel about it i haven't got it in me to to self-harm or to i just i just can't i i, I mean I, I like once again touch wood i never get to a place where i have got that in me but the thought of your wife there in absolute shit state tears like mate that just that got to me because i'm sitting there thinking fucking hell like you've got a lot to live for but that's not what your concern is at that point your concern is the struggle the pain physically and mentally because people always think about the mental pain that people go through but then the physical attributes that come with that the constant aching all over your heart is racing that feeling in your throat the sweating you know potentially loads of other things you know people end up having alopecia some people uh, gain a ridiculous amount of weight some people lose it you know and i think people think oh but you know someone's really depressed and they're going to go and potentially end their life or they're down it's actually so much more than that the lifestyle of an individual that is trying to cope is fucking extreme like it is hard and i you know i this is i always get humbled by people because i sit there and go that's not that's fucking hell my back it's not as bad <laughs> And it's really bad to say that, but it actually is a, probably a good thing as well, because that's why sharing each other's stories, not just ours on here, but when we're at our group or the, at the group and when, you know, when we're doing talks with people, when you come in and when I'm chatting to people at work, they sh when we share these stories and and on an open forum platform like this and even in the comments you're able to just let off that little bit that you're holding on to that potentially might have taken you if you didn't let that go might have taken you there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the thing is with people who attempt to take their own life and people who, who unfortunately have, mm. you know, a lot of people think it's like a selfish thing. It, it, the thing is, when you're in that state of mind, yeah. you know, also I've been on myself, it's a physical pain as well. You are in pain, like you said, you're aching, mm. your heart's racing, and you just think everything will be better off without you, you know. And I'm very lucky to have my wife and my kids around me and, and, and friends and family. You know, there's people out there who don't have anything like that, you know, and people mm. could be on their own and they could be in a really bad place. And then they unfortunately lose their life, lose their battles, you know, with, with their mental illness. And um, mm. I, I hate to say commit suicide, that's a whole phrase. Yeah. But, you know, people do lose their life to it. it you know, it's like a cancer to a lot of people, you know. It, it, it Eventually it will just, it will, you know, it will get well, them. It's, and, it's the um, highest killer in men at the minute, isn't it? It's the highest killer in men that, that is is male suicides the the one thing that is most likely <laughs> to kill you off is is an action that you do to inevitably stop yourself being in pain which i think is just mad 
you think about it. It could be one track mind as well. You yeah. can just lack could be your only thing, your, your only train of thought. I mean, going back a few months ago, well, just over a few months ago, when I had my attack, just before that, you know, mm. we had a uh, obviously we run a Monday night group. We have loads of guys turn up each yeah. week, and we had one guy. I'm not going to mention his name, mm. but people will know. A lot of people who listen to this who know me will know the guy's name. But he's come to the group week in week out, and you know he was always quiet. He didn't really speak much. Yeah, you know, really really lovely lad, though, but really really lovely. Yeah, he was a really good asset. He'd come every week, you know, every week. And he loved the group. Mm. And then I literally remember, because I came out of my therapy. I, I was having therapy at the time. And I came out of my therapy session. I sat in the car and I, I got a, uh, an email through. I was like, oh, who's that from? An email through from someone. I didn't recognise the name. And I was reading the email and it said, just let you know, unfortunately, so-and-so has, has passed away. And I can remember just breaking down in the car. Yeah. And, you know, and unfortunately he ended his life and it it, it got to me because poor bloke you know he, he comes to us week in week out and he's and i felt like i failed him you know i felt like i failed yeah, him doing what i do i'm there to help people give people a safe space to talk to talk to us and i felt like i failed him but talking to his mum and his dad his mum and his dad you know they're really really generally lovely people yeah. and they thanked they thanked the group they thanked us for giving him giving them the extra months with him because you know his mum and his dad you know, they kind of knew, they, they knew it was going to happen at some point. They just didn't know when. Is this the, the gentleman that came, the dad that came recently? Yeah, yeah we had to take a yeah, yeah, that, so the, for the guys and girls that don't know about that, the guy came, right? I can't remember his name. I don't, you know, it doesn't make a difference either way. But he came and like I said about that whole thing where somebody changed your mindset on where you're currently at, that guy, being that he was his dad, changed my mindset on where I was at mentally that week um, alone, let alone at all. You know, his conversation around how your group changed that lad's life enough that they got months, maybe whatever, maybe a year or whatever it is, more out of their son, seeing that he made the effort to go, he actually changed his, you know, he made sure he washed, shaved, I mean, hearing this dad's story was, I mean, it was gut-wrenching. I, I was i was close to crying. I mean, if I wasn't medicated the way I was, I think I'd be in absolute puddles on the floor because you could tell that actually this guy was humbled and thankful to you and to the group and to all the guys that are there for sharing their story with, with their son because I think it gave, like I said, it let his son offload that tiny little bit of weight so that he didn't have that little bit of boost to go off and do it there and then. It gave him that extra day, week, month, whatever it was. And I was touched by that. I mean, you, I can see that it affected you. You know, you've spoken about it before. But, it, I mean, you can't... With mental health stuff, you just can't take it personally. And I think that's what the difficult thing is. Like you said, it's not a selfish act. It's, it's so... It's really hard to describe, isn't it? Because... I think people do it for all different reasons, but when you're in that much pain, you know, like we would say with the whole broken leg sort of analogy, you'd want to fix it as soon as possible. You want to be walking again. You want to be normal. And if that if that's your only way, for some people, that is their only way. And I think it's sad because it isn't the only way. Sometimes it's the only way they can see. Yeah. And I'll say this lad, he was a really, really, really lovely lad. Mm. And, you know, he did have a big impact on me. And I just felt like I failed. You know, I felt like yeah. I wanted to close everything down. I wanted to stop everything. I just generally thought, you know what? I, I can't. I can't do it. Cause I, 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 I couldn't have saved this one person. It's heartache, yeah. You know, but speaking of, I say, speaking to his mum and dad, and his mum and dad was so grateful Mm. The group so grateful uh, for what we have done with him and that yeah. you know kind of did help me kind of like think okay you know it, it's happened and it, it, like I say it's really sad we helped give him that extra few months helped yeah. him have that extra few months because yeah it, it hit me really hard it hit me really hard and you know I you know 
I'll just, I'm just forever. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I said this to, I think I said this to the dad at that day. I just said his son has left like a massive hole in his life, but he also is so proud of his son because he's left this little legacy behind of, and that shows like benefits of going to the group. And also, it, you know, I think that dad showing up that day was massive. Like he was in bits still, you know, obviously clearly he would be, but it, I think it's such a proud thing for you. And also I think you should think to yourself, and this is where we said, we don't we sometimes overly look at the negatives rather than the positives you know when we're judging ourselves we always judge ourselves on all the other little bits but that one positive is that you gave that individual a safe space to go when there was none there was nowhere else for him to go to you know you've got all these organizations out there that are fund that well funded you know you've got crisis teams you've got you know doctors and but what really helped him was a free community group run by real people for real people for men done that's it and that gave him it wasn't the tablets it wasn't anything else that gave him the extra bit of time and I mean, you don't know what else was going on there, but that was enough for him to go, today's not the day. You know what I mean? After that Monday said, today's not the day. And that went on for months. So I just, much as it you must weigh on you, mate, you've got, that's a massive point. That's a massive well done. And a massive, actually, you know what, to other people in that group, highlights how important it is for them to go each week, you know, and support other lads and other blokes. I mean, I'll, always, I'll always be, you know, like guilty in a way, like, I felt guilty in a way, but... On the other aspects, you know, I know he's at peace now, and mm. I know he, being in that frame of mind that he probably was in, he's, he, yeah. he's in, hopefully, you know, in peace. But like I say, a lot of respect to his family and a lot of love to his family. Yeah. And yeah, uh, and, yeah but like I say, it was, it, was a, it was very tough times back then. I mean, it affected me, it, you know, it fueled me when I had my breakdown again and uh, kind of like, obviously the guilt coming on then also we had a little bit of bad news I thought I was going to have to shut men's mind. But and yeah. it, kind of a lot of things kind of all happened at once and it's kind of bam, bam, bam. And then I just... Crash. Looking back at it now, it's made me stronger in a way. I just want to fight forward. I want to carry on doing what we're doing. We started doing this podcast now, you know. Yeah. So we got a lot of guys we can reach out to. Yeah. Couldn't up our platform a bit, make our platform bigger. Yeah. A lot more guys. Yeah. I was speaking to a guy the other day who wants to come down to the sport group on a Monday, and I, I was just talking about a little bit about what we're doing, and mm-hmm. I sent him the link for this podcast. Yeah. For episode one, said have a look at that. I said that gives you a bit of an insight of what we're about, really, yeah, yeah. what we kind of want to do. Because a lot of people don't know what it is we want to do. And about an hour later, he messaged me when this is exactly what I need I need I need this yeah and it's because you know we're, we're not your minds or something like that big organization like that no they do incredible things with what they do the way we do things is it's all about promoting mental health it's all about mm. kind of spreading the awareness and letting you know that you're not the only ones everyone who works alongside us and with us and helps us out all, all struggle yeah of course and we're not just someone who's got you know or someone who's got a phd in mental health or something we are general guys who have suffered a bit ourselves we really are we really have been there or we are there ourselves yeah we ain't all 100 percent. nobody's ever going to be 100 percent with mental illness and that i think you learn to to adapt to change you learn to Cope, your, your own coping strategy yeah of course i think that's a key point isn't it as well as i was sitting there thinking about this the other day is that uh, and we chatted about this in the group actually the other day and i uh, you know as much as i won't bring up bits from the group this is quite a relevant point is that you know i sat there and one of the guys brought it up about his medication and we were talking about that and about my one of my big anxieties actually at this moment is Will I ever come off that medication like what does that look like you know what does my life look like if i come off that and actually i started having a bit of a wobble you know, I had a bit of a meltdown because I was sitting there going, am I always going to have this to be medicated? Is this is it. Yeah, is this it. And actually, can I cope without it? You know, and that's that self-doubt coming in again. And I'm going, actually, and, and one of the guys summed up quite nicely and goes, you know what? I take tablets for X, Y, and Z, everything. 
everything outside of mental health because I have to. It's just part of my day to day. It's like putting on my shoes now. You know, it's like going to brush my teeth. I don't even think about it. And actually, is it such a big deal? One of these platforms like this, like what you do in your group and stuff like that, and what I try to do down in uh, with the welfare team is just normalise it. It's normal. It's, it's not abnormal, is it? It's not abnormal to, to take uh, a paracetamol when you've got a headache. Why would it be abnormal to try to uh, use a coping strategy through medication for anxiety or stress or depression? You know, it's, it should be so normal that people shouldn't have to even, I don't blink, to even say that that's a thing, you know. But that is a massive anxiety of mine at the minute. Yes, I mean, some people will be lucky enough to only be on medication short term. Mm. Some people will be long term, you know. And so it is, some people, class A, just generally have to be on it for the long haul. Yeah. Some people generally can be on it for a little bit and then come off. Yeah. And I just generally think it depends on the person. Yeah. Depends on the person. Some people can cope without it. Some people can't cope without it, you know. And I, I, I'm, I've been on medication on and off for, for years and I've never stayed on it long. Yeah. I've always managed to come off it again, and I've always, I personally have always felt punched better about it. Yeah. I think I have anyway. I mean, that last time I had my breakdown, I was on Floxacin. Yeah. That really, really, I, I personally thought that made me worse. Yeah. And my wife is saying, you've got to stick this stuff out. So I'm, I'm stuck for medication. If I'm taking something, I hate taking tablets. Yeah. So I always think the worst possible outcome, and I always think I've got every side effect, no demand. And she'll watch back, she'll watch this back, and she'll be laughing now because yeah. she knows exactly what I'm like, you know. And it is exactly that I do it all the time. I'm holding my hands up. I'm terrible for it, but it's the way I am, you know. And and this last time when I had the medication, I kept thinking I was it was making my anxiety worse and mm. I, like, I was rolled in panic attacks. And, and when I decided to come off it with a doctor, I said, I spoke to the doctor, he said, well, try to come off it and see how you get on. Cause I wasn't on it that long enough to build up kind of like where I Yeah, that means stop. not having it, yeah. Yeah, so he said, come off it and see how you get on. I came off of it and literally within two days, I felt back to normal. Wasn't it? Yeah. And then, but then I still don't know if it was the fact that I come off of them and it was, and that was affecting it or was the fact that my mind thought, oh, you're off the medication now, you feel better. But I personally always have done better about medication yeah I, I might need it for that short term to get me back on track or kind of keep me mellowed mm-hmm. out i mean i've been on diazepam as well i have some of that i mean i still have that indoors i have some of that yeah i'll have yeah. some of that so um if i need it if i get really bad i could take a little bit of that and that might chill me <laughs> out and i don't mind taking that you know that's quite nice to be able to chill yourself out we're not advocating but, uh, taking drugs medication no but this is obviously medication from the doctor <laughs> medication from the doctor but um, yeah. and if i need it if i have a wobble i'll take it i mean i haven't took it for well since i had my bad attack yeah but it's there i've got it in covered if i need it and i need to have chill out i will take it it is it is like it's such a normal thing and i think you know this is why you know when we're talking about and name being mind the stigma there's a stigma around so many things when it comes to any part of mental health yeah. whether it be what we spoke about earlier meditation coping strategies uh, cbt some people absolutely swear by it some people hate it you know when they're talking about medication once again some people swear by it some people absolutely loathe it and i just think it's just about like and once again this is why we spoke on that initial um, part of the podcast just about normalizing it isn't it just about saying you know what whatever choice you make run with it see what happens don't judge yourself by the failure of it if if you see it as that it's a stepping stone you know whether it works doesn't work is is another matter and i think you know i need to probably you know take a bit of my own medicine in you know excuse the pun but it's you know yeah uh, it is it's kind of like just going just roll with it you know maybe it will be forever but is that such a bad thing 
I don't think there, so. there is a bit of a bit of negativity towards taking medication. People are ashamed to say to say they take it. But yeah. If it works for you, it works for you. Why be ashamed of it? If it helps you, it helps you. But so many, so many people. Uh, I mean, I've you know over the more recent years, it's got a little bit better. Not just for me, but I think as a general, because you know with lockdown and now, I think more people did end up hitting quite bad mental health points. So I do think it normalised it a lot more. I think it helped, you know, the whole mental health scene, for want of better words, you know, especially men's mental health. But before that, I wouldn't have mentioned that I was on medication because some of the some of the jobs that I went for, there was a stigma around it. You know, they would have they would have easily just said, I don't know if you're going to be able to cope with this job, but they would have put it obviously framed it in a different way. And I think it's such a shame because you look at all the points now, if you're going for a job, you really overanalyze yourself due to a piece of paper that says whether it talks about your mental health, time off work, sicknesses, and actually that sickness, they've granted you that they've allowed you that to get better to get that. but you judge yourself off the back of that and sometimes you know i've stopped myself going for jobs off the back of that you know and i think my main reason for going for this job really was because i needed another platform and i needed to be able to access different services that would actually help me so you know coming here to help other people was helping me and and vice versa the same thing with your group probably yeah. done for you it was a it was a, an aid for you to get better to help other people as well for them to get better and it's, it's that whole knock-on effect isn't it you do something good and it comes back to you hopefully and i think personally i i think that's that's something that inevitably will help me potentially maybe slowly back out of the meds it's, but it's something that's long term isn't yeah, it it's, it's something that will come eventually if it does yeah. I mean, you yeah, might find that it might be a long-term solution again mm-hmm. but i mean if you've got any intakes on your thing of the uh medication please let us know in the comments yeah of course and uh but i think that well i know that is what we've got time for today yeah but thank you for joining us yeah cheers we will be back next next episode three uh, well, I say free, not two, free. Yeah, like, uh, subscribe, uh, let us know in the comments anything you want to see us talk about. If you liked what we were talking about today, remember, put it in those comments. If you subscribe, hit the bell button as well, then you'll get a uh, bit of a ping just before the next one comes up. But yeah, looking forward to see what we'll talk about next time, to be fair. And uh, yeah, cheers, guys. See you later. Nice one. Cheers.